This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, now we bring you a discussion on Voluntary Code of Ethics for Social Media. The participants are Jitain Kumar Jain, Cyber Expert and Arya Madan Mohan, Journalist. Jitain, as you know, the Model Code of Contact on Social Media for the upcoming 2019 elections is in the process of being agreed and so, just wanted to ask you, what is the background to this aspect of uh, communication? The rise of social media brought new issues and new challenges in front of election commission in last 10 years. Uh, so, there were certain things like candidate was allowed to do any campaigning last 48 hours. But in last 5 to 7 years, you have seen that last 48 hour window was frequently violated by candidate by posting videos and content on social media. Because there was no clarity whether social media accounts were individual platforms, open platforms or visible to public. So, candidates were of the view that these are my personal timelines. I can post whatever I want. Now election commission has taken a view, sorry, these are public platforms, so you would not be allowed to use these platforms in last 48 hours where there is no campaigning allowed. Now, there was a second issue in last 10 years that a lot of rich candidates bought a lot of advertisements on social media, which helped them gain more visibility. And there was no accountability of how much money was being spent on social media directly by the candidates or through their proxy friends or, you know, supporters. So you would find that, you know, crores of rupees were spent to promote one particular candidate and other candidate had no idea about social media. So to control that curb of electoral spending beyond the permissible limits, now Election Commission has taken a view both to ensure the compliance of modal cord at, uh, you know, permissible limits and also to stop the violation of by proxy advertising. They have said that any advertisement given by any political party or politician would have to be, would need to be pre-approved by the Election Commission then only social media platforms would be able, allowed to run those advertisements. And once those advertisements are run, social media platforms, which they have already said that they will show the public all the details about the person who is giving that ad and how much money has, which has been spent on that ad. They would also show the previous history of that person or a group or a page the advertisement says given in the past. So this is a welcome step so far as, you know, monitoring of political spending on social media is concerned. This is also good so far as monitoring of the usage of social media by the candidates through their official pages because election commission is saying that while you file election affidavits to contest elections, the candidates and parties will have to declare their official social media handles. But the problem here is that how would we control surrogate advertising? How would you bring into account those unaccounted spendings or the proxy advertising in favor of any political party or candidates? Now, this is not an issue only of electoral spending. This is a larger issue because it may so happen that our hostile neighbors, countries or their agencies may try and sabotage Indian elections by running those surrogate campaigns by trying to create a discord or create differences between our political class within the political parties and try and influence our elections. I could give you another example of what happens if uh, there's a candidate A and there's a candidate B both from different parties yeah. and in the last 48 hours just to violate the candidate B's candidacy, yeah. candidate A's surrogates actually post a video about candidate B's. But isn't this coming very, very late in the day because already there's been so much posting of videos and other content and we only have about two or three weeks left for the elections to start. I think there is a lot of PR management which has been going on this issue. See, all these private companies, they are saying that, you know, we have come up with a, a voluntarily code of ethics. Sorry, there's nothing voluntary. When you were asked to comply with things, you refused to even appear before parliamentary committees. When you saw the sword of election commission coming hard on you, probable ban or penalties linking, 
on your head you decided that you know it's better to fall in line than to you know get punished by the indian authorities so you brought in a code to avoid and uh, uh, some sort of compulsory code or or you know regulations being brought in so you decided to bring this voluntary code of ethics but what is missing here is that you see all this code of ethics might help election commission speeden up the job of removing certain content but what about the larger patterns of state agencies in different countries trying to influence our elections like what happened in america platforms like share chat and facebook are saying that if you bring it to our notice any objectionable content we will remove it in 3 hours the problem is you might flag a content if it is visible to you you may not be able to flag every content which is circulating in close platforms like whatsapp the moment you bring it to the notice to the social media platform and the, by the time they take it off in 3 hours it may go viral in many other platforms yeah. including the close platforms like whatsapp and you know which which cannot be monitored at all because so there is a bigger right? worry we are too late we are doing too little mm-hmm. we are absolutely not focusing on securing our elections from the hostile neighbors that too in a situation where we are having a armed conflict so my worry is that uh, this is a welcome step but this is too little more needs to be done so we were just saying about whatsapp and we are saying that whatsapp and several other platforms actually hold encrypted content so there's no real way of knowing what is being discussed inside the groups unless or cloned effectively through forwarding unless uh, someone within the group uh, makes an objection is that correct that is one way of someone making an objection within the group where the content is being shared another way is that suppose you know there is one user who is spamming thousands of voters with a political content now one of those recipients may flag that content to whatsapp or to election commission that you know maybe a fake news or objectionable content or a content which can create a right situation is being spread by a particular user now once election commission brings that to the notice of the whatsapp whatsapp may you know disable that user or ban that user or you know put them under ban for 48 hours or 72 hours whatever but you see these are all post facto actions these are all post mortems you do these are not preventive measures these are not proactive approaches what we need to do something in real time proactively to figure out patterns of the larger influence or attempts to influence our elections for example it is alleged by americans that during our elections russians ran lot of fake accounts fake pages and they had put lot of information half of them which was truthful in public domain by which was obtained through hacking now that is not a fake news but that is a truthful information which was obtained through illegal means and which may you know hamper the chances of one particular candidate or may create a atmosphere of rift in the candidates and it ultimately they say that influence our elections by getting a different candidate being elected from what was originally may have happened now such things do not call into the category of fake news but these are all subversion of democratic processes state sponsored agendas to create instability in a country so i am not able to figure out how is our state institutions including election commission are looking at that problem and how these social media companies are looking at this problem to help election commission to ward it off so we are actually looking at a situation where we are running behind the curve effectively in terms of stopping or halting some of these i would say that you know with all the respect to election commission by welcoming all the steps they are doing i think we are on a different tangent different tangent exactly is there a possible way that ai can help us here definitely but there has to be some willingness to do it there has to be political will to do this i am saying political will because election commission cannot do everything for example fact checking of fake news flagging of content monitoring of the platforms it has to be done by institution which require a lot of resources skills manpower technology and that has to be brought in by the government to aid the election commission that cannot happen overnight and ai can help you draw patterns for example if a content is being retweeted by 15000 people within 5 seconds obviously they are all bots but if there is a fake news which is 
bargaining spread by 20,000 handles. I am sure both 19,999 except the one who promoted are also fake. So when we just stop you here, Jitin, for a second, bots means they are actually software robots, that they are actually yeah, being fake programmed. Fake controlled by a code to spread a propaganda. For example, I'll tell you, uh, very recently during the air strikes which happened, when Pakistanis came back in our territory, we are yet to give them a reply, there was a video being circulated on social media platforms of an Indian pilot injured, and they claimed that it was a SU-30 pilot, Sukhoi pilot, which was brought down by Pakistanis, and the pilot was lying in a very terrible state after the crash. Yes. Now, that video was actually of the pilot who had ejected during the Bangalore air show in a air crash which was portrayed as a SU-30 pilot in Kashmir. Now, obviously, it was not Indian media, Indian people. It was a state that video was circulated within five minutes of Pakistani violating our airspace. So, obviously, there was a pattern. There was a premeditated approach. There was a, you know, a sponsored campaign. And it was, you know, seen by thousands of people. Also, there was a video clip which was circulating where they said that our foreign minister, our home minister and our president of the ruling party and all these people are planning some sort of attack to gain electoral sympathies, which was a fake clip. I'm sure there was someone who was spreading it and it went viral on social media for three days. It was viewed by two million people. I'm sure despite of so many people, including me, flagging it, social media platform didn't take it down. So what they are saying needs to be implemented in real time. We have to ensure that if they are not able to do it, we should have other means to ensure that we take down that content. This is my worry that they are willing to comply and take down the content within three hours. Shouldn't they do? We should have the other means to take that content down. Very interesting and very important. Are there elements of free speech or privacy considerations that are impacted by potential censorship on these platforms? I think your free speech ends where my nose begins. And this was said by Sam Manishwar, our celebrated army general, to our former Prime Minister Indira Gandhi. Privacy is important. Free speech is paramount in our constitutions. But there are limitations to that free speech, reasonable restrictions. For example, you should not do something to create problem in the public law and order. So when there are elections, you are also not allowed to create ruckus in the public. There is Section 144 in place. That is also a restriction to free speech. But it is reasonable restriction for obtaining a larger public good of electing a democratically elected government. So during elections, for application of modal code of contact, if there are certain monitoring put in place on social media and open platforms of open content, not your personal conversations, I don't think it anyways violates free speech or your basic privacy. It is to ensure that your free speech is protected, your right to elect a free and fair government is protected. Just referring back to a point which we covered a few minutes ago, Section 126 of the Election Commission Code effectively mandates that the Election Commission will identify the objectionable content yeah. and effectively then inform the non-state, the networks, the social media networks to remove it. Now, does the Election Commission actually have the ability to identify this? That section empowers Election Commission to point that out and take it down. But the problem is, you see, for 10 years ago or 5 years ago, you only had 2025 mainstream media channels or 20-odd radio platforms where you would monitor content and probably issue guidelines or instruction to take something down. Now, here you've got more than 15 social media platforms with the population size of larger than the total population of the world, with billions of posts being shared every minute combinedly on those platforms. I think it is very difficult to monitor everything in real time. And even if you do, then point out a content and someone has to decide what is fake news, what is unverifiable content, what is a different version of history, what is unverifiable fact, what is half-truth. Not everything is fake news. There is a difference between fake news and political propaganda. You can't take down political propaganda. Someone has to decide and for that you need technology, you need resources. So we are dealing with a bigger problem with very few limited resources at our hand and I only hope whatever they do with this limited resources and manpower, they will do their best job. Initially when companies like the large online retailers came into the business, maybe five, six years ago, they were actually having humans identify images and categorize them and they could then automatically post the right picture onto their own websites and this was useful in terms 
terms of their own business uh, development efforts. That meant that uh, humans were actually identifying this. So there was a man in the middle. So their moral judgments, etc., could also be made in that respect. I believe that activity has now been taken over by neural networks, effectively yeah. computer software. Yeah. So where does that leave us in terms of uh, automatic recognition of perhaps uh, propaganda? Is it possible or is it not with this current state? It's, it's a double-edged sword in a specific context of elections. Artificial intelligence and neural networks-based learning will obviously increase the size and scale of the monitoring and probably identification you can do. So for example, if a human could identify 100 images and take a decision on that, a technology can process millions. But technology might end up missing certain things where human judgment is very important. For example, very recently there was someone who was selling slippers on Amazon with an Indian flag. Now, no technology can find that objectionable, but any human would have found that objectionable. Exactly. Once you fit that learning into the algorithm that no slipper or footwear should ever carry a national flag of any country, they learned. So, there is always an opportunity to learn, but in elections, you cannot afford to make those mistakes. That's the bigger problem. Technology will aid you in monitoring, but technology will always require human supervision. An interesting point here, I was doing some research. They said that a lot of police crime-based online information, etc., is using AI tools now to assess investigations and whether all the elements have been actually covered. But what's interesting is according to this study, in many cases they found that the data that was used to train these neural networks was actually dirty data. In other words, the data itself was compromised. So that is an interesting position. The beauty of any AI-based product is its accuracy. And behind accuracy lies the training and for training you require data. And the data has to be huge. It has to be, you know, diversified. It has to be varied. It has to be coming from uh, different origins of different geographies. And such amount of data is normally not available with the private vendors. So they go for purchasing data. They go for data theft. They go for getting data from the dark web. They collect data from all the sources. Legitimate, illegitimate does not matter because at the end of the day, it's data and it can be used for learning. Any perfect product, I mean, for if I give you an example, Facebook recently ran a campaign, My 10-Year Selfie. They were asking you to post a photo of you, how you look 10 years back and how you look 10 years now and it was clearly a campaign to train their AI tool to recognize people how would they look 10 years from now in future to predict and also identify people how they looked in the childhood. That can also help you find missing children. That can also find you terrorist in different disguises 10 years from now. But that can also take away your privacy. Jitin, I guess this is a welcome step yeah. by the election commission? I think it's a welcome step, too little, but yes, welcome step because they are starting to travel in a trajectory which will obviously, you know, train to do more. But I wish them all the best and I wish them well because these are the institutions which will protect the colors of our democracy, in those, especially on the festival of Holi. Exactly. You wishing you a very, very happy Holi. Very happy Holi. And wishing you all the very good colors of our democracy and this democratic festival of Indian elections. Thank you very much. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on Voluntary Code of Ethics for Social Media. The participants are Jeepain Kumar Jain, cyber expert and R. Madan Mohan, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the New Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website newsonair.nic.in. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsttalks at gmail.com.